Welcome to Levi Stadium in Santa Clara where the Seahawks knock off the 49ers 24-13 today. Hall of Famer Warren Moon joining us as always. And, and Warren, uh, you know, your opening thoughts on this game because we have a lot to get to. It was kind of a snoozer, especially for the first half. I think both of these teams were having still effects from all the turkey they had on Thursday <laughs> because these guys were not playing up to speed as far as the intensity you would expect in a football game. Russell Wilson has his first pass picked off of the football game. Uh, they go back and forth, but they end up going at halftime up 7-3. to three, And then they started to play football in the second half, and, and the Seahawks really kind of uh, – they kind of – showed them their muscle in the second half that we're the better football team here and I, I think the Seahawks won a game they were supposed to win uh, they went out and had a, a couple of really good scoring drives Russell Wilson of course throwing a couple of touchdown passes in the second half and then they went on and won the football game the way they were supposed to but uh, a, a good effort by them not a lot of penalties in the football game I thought we ran the ball pretty effectively 90 yards on the ground today so it was a good overall effort and a good win for the football team as they get ready for a, a tough Philadelphia team coming in next week. Yeah, when you talk about the penalties, just six penalties for 35 yards. So that's uh, one of those uh, uh, underlying stats that's a good thing for the Seahawks. But before we get to the highlights, I want to ask you about uh, maybe the adjustments they made at halftime because it sure seemed like they got a little more creative and things just opened up a little bit in the second half. I think the big thing they did in the second half was they they executed better. They had some of the same opportunities in the first half, but they dropped some balls. Russell was airing on some passes. He overthrew some guys, underthrew some guys. But in the second half, it seemed like they were better with catching the football, better with protection, and also Russell was a little bit sharper in the second half, and I think that's why they executed better, and they turned those drives into touchdowns as opposed to having to uh, settle for punting the football. Well, Warren, we talk about the defensive play in this game and, and the play with of the Seahawks defense against the 49ers, and C.J. Beathard got roughed up uh, really throughout the game and then really took its toll in the final minute of this game. But the front four of the Seahawks just dominant. Yeah, they really were. It didn't matter who was in the football game. They had a lot of different rotations going on today, but it seemed like Whoever they put in the football game, they were putting pressure on C.J. Beathard. He's going to be a sore young man tonight because he got hit a lot. He got rid of a lot of balls that avoided sacks, but uh, he did get sacked three times in the football game but was under pressure pretty much the whole football game to that last drive when they pretty much had called the dogs off. So a great effort by that front four up front really allowed the linebackers to be able to flow and make plays but it was all started by that those four guys up front, whoever was in the game at that time. And it makes such a big difference, Warren, when you can put pressure on the quarterback with just four guys instead of always having a blitz. And uh, as you said, it opened up play for the linebackers, and Bobby Wagner had another stellar game. And it does. It helps out that secondary, too, when you can put pressure with four guys and play coverage behind it. Now you don't put those young defensive backs who we have because of all the injuries back there uh, you know, on an island and have to play a one-on-one all over the field. So you can really pick and choose exactly when you want to bring your pressure knowing that you can do it with four guys but every now and then you want to dial up some blitzes just to give them a different look well Bobby Wagner had eight tackles today and he had a tremendous interception uh where you know he he had Murphy kind of on on top of him and he (laughs) stole the ball Murphy never hit the ground and um and neither did the ball it was a great tremendous play a, a play where he was conscious of making the tackle but also ripping the ball out at the same time and getting possession of the football then he also had the presence of mind to get up and run it in for a touchdown because they had never really blown the whistle but you know, Bobby Wagner's having an MVP-type season, a defensive MVP-type season. He's up at 100 tackles right now for the sixth year in a row. That just shows great consistency. He'll probably finish this season with probably about 160, 170 tackles. Just having an outstanding football season, and I just hope it continues for him. Warren, let's turn our attention to the offense now. It seemed like, uh, you know, after Bobby's interception set up that first touchdown, they got in in two plays. McKissick had a nice run, and then they ran the, 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 the read option to Russell, which he just trotted in, 
How much does it have a running game really open up things for even Russell on, on the runs? Well, you know, Russell's so good at the read option because he knows exactly if that defensive uh, end comes down, he's going to pull the ball out and go around the corner. He got a nice block by Nick Vanette on the play as well. So that play was executed perfectly, and it, it puts so much pressure on the defense when you have a quarterback with versatility like Russell because you don't know exactly what he's going to do. He can also throw the ball off of that if he wants to. That's one of the options. So that was executed very well, and then you, know, you get down around the goal line, defenses have to worry about what are we going to do with number three because he can do so many different things to go along with the other weapons on this offense and he ran too i could see solomon thomas chased him all over the place today and near misses all the time and you could see the frustration on the young guy but uh, it's got to be frustrating for the opposing defense to never catch him well he's he's a uh, uh, i call him houdini back there you know he's just now you see him now you don't he's he's all over the place he's He's ripping out of tackles. He's making guys miss, and he ends up with positive yards or throwing the ball to somebody down the field. And that's what makes Russell Wilson so valuable to this team, and it's what makes him so special as a quarterback. The play is never over until it's over with this guy. All right, we weren't sure who we were going to see at running back today. Uh, Thomas Rawls, Eddie Lacy. It turns out it's Lacy, 17 carries, 46 yards. Uh, but he got some carries, which is probably what a big back like that needs. Yeah, he really did, and he got some uh, some nice uh, chunks of yardage on some of those carries. You know, he had an 11-yard run. He had a 7-yard run. He had another 13-yard run. So those are good signs that uh, Eddie Lacy is starting to get into a, a rhythm. And when you get 17 carries in the ballgame as a running back, you start to get a good feel for what your offensive line is doing. And uh, up until this point, none of our running backs had really had that many carries in a ballgame. So it was good for Eddie to get a chance to carry the football so he can get a good flow and a good feel for the game. 12 certainly in a good mood today. And oh, they yeah. knew they'd get a win against this 49ers team. 24-13 Seahawks today. Nice day for Jimmy Graham. Had his eighth touchdown catch of the season, which is a team record for tight ends. It really is, and he's done a great job in the red zone. All those touchdowns have come in the red zone, and I think he's leading the league in touchdowns in the red zone as well. So the Seahawks have finally figured out how to use big number 88 in the red zone. They get him isolated out there on the outside. Today they ran a slant route for a touchdown where before all of his passes for touchdowns had pretty much been the fade stops or the, or the back shoulder throws or the fade. So uh, this is another thing that other teams are going to have to try and defend if you're going to isolate him one-on-one with a much smaller guy. So great job by Jimmy Graham today. Had three catches today, uh, I think 35 yards, but none bigger than that touchdown catch. How about Paul Richardson? He had a big catch early on in this game and, and shook a couple of tackles and kept on going. Are you seeing his confidence level uh, shoot up? Yeah, Paul just gets better each and every week, it seems like. And uh, as long as he stays healthy, we know he's a dynamic player. That's one of the reasons they drafted him so high is because of the, the things he can do with the ball after he catches it. So he showed some of that today with some of those runs after the catch. He's made spectacular catches since he's been here and been been very productive for this football team. Okay, one receiver who's yet to touch the football is Matt Tobin. He comes in, tackle eligible, it seems like every other week. And I always want to ask you this, Warren. What, what is the, what's the whole process of having a tackle eligible? He always the only one that reports eligible. Well, you, you get a, a bigger blocker on the field. It's like a tight end, but you're really going to use him to block. And, and so you have to say that he's going to be eligible because he's the end guy on the line of scrimmage. But you're just basically trying to get a better blocker for your running game when you bring in an alignment like that. All right, so he doesn't ever think he's going to get the ball. He might. You never know. <laughs> they have that in, but it's just a matter of when you use it. All right. Warren, let's talk special teams. First of all, John Ryan had a 74-yard yeah. punt on his birthday, so that was a heck of a, of a cannon heck out there. A <laughs> uh, Blair Walsh uh, misses a 48-yard field goal early, and then he has a chance on the next drive to kick a 53-54-yarder, but Pete passes on that and elects to punt and play the field position game. What's going on in Pete's mind when he sees Walsh kind of struggling? 
Well, first I thought his defense was playing well, so he felt like he could back them up and, and, and maybe get the football back in better field position. And also the, the wind was such a swirling wind today, it was really kind of hard to get a good grasp of, of which way it was going and, and how strong it was. So you probably don't want to try a 54-yard field goal in a wind that you don't know it might be in your face before you kick the ball. It might be at your back. You're really not sure because of the way it was swirling in the stadium today. So I'm sure that played into his decision as well. And that was a long field goal, and he just missed it. And you're right. You can't really see the wind on television but this place was really swirling today. It was, and I, I saw both kickers during uh, pregame warm-ups trying to judge the win, and the, both of them had problems going different directions on, on the ball moving on them a lot. You even saw it in the punting game. The ball was moving a lot in the air. You saw some of the receivers drop some balls they wouldn't normally drop because the, the ball was moving that way as well. So the win was a factor, especially early in the ballgame, first half and uh, into the third quarter. Your final thoughts on this big win and great defensive effort today against the 49ers? Well, it was a divisional game, and the divisional games are always a little bit tougher than, than any other game. It doesn't even matter what your, what your records are. And even though the 49ers nine and one and 9 they played the Seahawks tough earlier in the season, and you knew it was going to be a tough game today. But the Seahawks did what they needed to do in the second half. They pulled ahead in the football game, won a game on the road they were supposed to win. Now they go back home to play those uh, mighty Philadelphia Eagles next week. And we know the Eagles come in on a roll, uh, just one loss this season. And, and the fact that it's kind of a foregone conclusion, but they can clinch the NFC East with a win over the Seahawks next week. It's a Sunday night primetime game, so not that they need motivation, but it's out there for them. It is out there, and this team likes to play when the, the lights are bright, the Seahawks do, especially at uh, Century League Field. They dropped one last week to Atlanta. I don't think they want to drop another one, and uh, they bring they come in with a very dynamic quarterback in Carson Wentz. Uh, they also have a really good defense and a good running game, so this is a very complete football team they're going to be playing next week, and that's one of the reasons why they're 10-1. and one. Yeah. I'm sure it's a primetime matchup that NBC is absolutely loving for Sunday Night Football. For Hall of Famer Warren Moon and for Chris Egan back in the King 5 Studios, I'm Paul Sylvie. Thank you for joining us from Levi Stadium. We'll see you next week in Seattle.